Hey, what's going on? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture. And this week we have got the guitar player from the band Suicide Silence. Super excited to uh, have Mark Heilman joining us. I'm always excited around when we can have somebody on and we're both able to chat with them, sometimes just due to scheduling and whatever. We're not able both to be in the same room, but it's always nice when we can have a conversation, like kind of like a three-way conversation where we can bounce things. And, and there seems to be a really good flow. Always nice to have a three-way. Oh, I knew you were going to take it. <laughs> uh, and what lubricates a three-way better than heartbeat hot sauce? <laughs> oh, nice. Oof, sorry. Okay. Uh, forgive us, Heartbeat. Please don't don't drop us. But this is Heartbeat Hot Sauce. We absolutely love them. Check them out. This is the Ryan Ellis edition of Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Uh, it's called Heartbeat Motorsports. These guys are set to dominate and take over the world. It started with their hot sauce, and then it went to the UFC with Dustin Poirier, him having three of his own signature sauces. Now we've got them venturing their way into motorsports. Uh, bands are starting to do hot sauce with them. We've, you know, with, there's the Inflames one. There's so many great sauces that are getting partnered up with Heartbeat and uh, people that are partnering with them. And it's because their stuff is incredible. Everybody that tries this, Ryan, loves it. So thank you, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Check them out at heartbeathotsauce.com. I use my promo code Rockman20. My buddy Blake just messaged me and he said, hey, I used your promo code. I picked up a six pack. I saved a ton of money and uh, I picked it up usually at Metro and I saved myself quite a few bucks. So not dissing anyone who wants to pick it up at a store. Try it any way you have to. But if you want to save some money, Rockman 20, you'll save 20%. And uh, Ryan, let's thank our friends over at Studio House Designs. Let's see, what do you got going on over there? Um, I got an audition. Ooh, Japanese horror. I love that. Cody's an incredible designer. Let me see the sleeves on that. That's uh, really nice. You know, like all those kind of details that shapeless individuals like myself really love in a shirt. <laughs> Go check them out at studiohousedesigns.com. Um, Ryan, let's get right to this because, uh, this was a great conversation that we had with Mark. Uh, we talked about music. We talked about losing your singer and gaining another singer and the ch changes and the challenges with that. We talked about modern day touring. Uh, we talked about downtime on the road. I mean, we really covered a lot in this. So without any further ado, check out our chat with Mark from the band Suicide Silence. What up? What up? What's up, Mark? Where are you? What's going on? Hey, man. Oh, good. dude, that's a now that's a background. <laughs> you tried so much harder than I did today. <laughs> uh, but yep, there you go, JPEG. Boom, there it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you it's... for uh, thank you for joining us. Well, how much time do we have with you? Twenty minutes? Fifteen? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look. Uh, I think a half hour. Half hour? Oh, okay, well, more than enough time. Cool. So uh, I'm Jason. This is Ryan. We got a podcast called The Rockman Power Hour. Um, just to give you a bit, bit of background, we're out of Montreal. Cool. And um, we're both friends that started this. I work in radio. work at a major uh, market radio station in Canada. We also work together on Comic-Cons. And I used to be in a band called Slaves on Dope. So I have a lot oh, of Oh, that's so crazy. I was just looking at your Instagram. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not much going on there. <laughs> I, I don't know how I, I, you know, doom scrolling and I was yeah. just like, Oh, Hey, that's, I, was, I never knew what you guys, I never saw you guys. So yeah. I never knew what you guys looked like. Well, we were and, kind yeah, of I was like, Oh, that's the singer. It, it's, it's funny because your band came right when we were kind of on our way out the door, but we were, yeah. we were right before kind of that 
style of metal came like we were kind of we were new we were always labeled new metal but we weren't really new metal we were kind of yeah. did our own thing but we got lumped into that limp biscuit shit yep yep but, uh, i know so I, just, I, yeah. I i i had a Ozfest maybe 2001 sampler that you guys were on and yes. i think yeah. i think that yeah i think yeah that's what i discovered you guys or maybe a little earlier than that i don't know yeah there was so there was there was a whole wave there were so many bands yeah so many bands well it's funny because i was um when i was listening to to you guys and i hate saying that you know that thing well it reminds me of but there's so many elements in the music that bring me back to all the bands that i really really enjoyed in metal like fear factory like Mm. pantera um and and it's just everything's placed and especially on the new record everything's placed in such a way that it's very tastefully done like nothing lasts longer than it needs to last um there's a lot of switching around in some songs but it's very it seems like you guys go in and you trim the fat when you're putting songs together am i right yeah 100 percent. i think trimming the fat's super important i mean all killer no filler you know right I'm exactly. Sure every, I'm, exactly i'm sure everybody's heard the phil anselmo interview uh you know it may it, the money riff like why not make it all the money riff yeah. you know like yeah. you know that's that's definitely the mentality and also just you know we're all individually we're all influenced by so many different things and naturally those influences they have to find their way into the music and right. it's just like the dna of what we all listened to uh is is just there you know garza was totally a new metal dude and you know probably listened to slaves on dope and you know the 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 new metal aspect of it is it's so there and people pick up on it but it's like this subtle kind of new metal you know it's not like unless you know new metal you don't really you don't know that that's new metal and for me like i like classic rock and i like good songs you know so that's where i come from so that's and that's where you know my influence comes from or maybe a little you know a little more sass you know yeah uh just because we're on the topic of uh, well we're mentioning pantera uh i noticed that in the video the live video for dying life uh it really reminded me of those amazing vulgar videos from back in the day Mm. where you got a real sense of the mayhem on stage but also the uh the togetherness uh, that you had backstage, whether uh, when you're about to go on stage, you kind of like were in a circle and you almost mm. had a, you know, go ducks <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. feeling to it. What do you actually guys say to each other before you go on stage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So that goes back all the way to we used to have this drum tech who had no means to be drum teching. He was not a drum tech, but he was a very entertaining guy. And we called him Fupa and Fupa would online or well just look on his sidekick probably while we were on tour and he would find where we were going to be every day and he would look up facts and he would tell and he or he would be like okay this place is boring and he would come up with his whole entire fake story about things that happened in this town that we're playing in and and he would just go and give us this hype speech basically you know about like the people that founded this lands or something insane and then and then at the end of it he'd be like all right everybody you know fart dildo on three you know just like random shit and it was it's it's kind of uh it has evolved and i'm still kind of doing the same thing i i sometimes i will hand it off to somebody else and have like a guest hands in and that's always we call it the hands in we do it every show right um and yeah it's just kind of a it's kind of a reminder that like you know yes this is serious and we got to get up there and throw it down but it also 
it's just we're gonna go have fun so let's you know let's snap in and snap out you know there's even been times where i'll just go and be like all right everybody all right everybody i'm three you know just dumb shit you know so it's just yeah something like that um you know ryan's ryan's referring to the the vulgar videos and uh you know being someone who's who spent time on the road with Pantera, uh, you know, being on, on Ozfest with them for 34 dates or whatever, and seeing, you know, the, 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 the debaucherous ways of that band, um, fast forward to 20 something years later, how different is it? Do you find the culture on the road versus back then? I mean, do you find that you, you, you find, do you find there's, there's some bands that are just kind of looking at it as like, we got to maybe take a little bit better care of ourselves, or do you find bands are still kind of going down that, that, that dark road? I think it goes both ways. Coco, my dog's barking. All good. We love we love dogs on this podcast. By the way, we have we have several that might come through. <laughs> um, so I think that it goes both ways. I mean, younger bands. If we're speaking specifically about younger bands, some younger bands already have figured it out that you know it's not going to work out for them to be partying super hard, and they're looking at it as a business almost immediately, which is. Yeah respectful but also you can come from the other side of it and it's like you know if you're a rocker you come from the punk rock you're like you know that's not as cool you know the edge is kind of lost which you know depends how you feel if you want music to be dangerous or do you want music to be you know cut like a razor sharp business and and be smart and intelligent uh i think the older bands Coco, <laughs> the older bands the older bands uh it and there's 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 levels of older bands, a decade, 20 years, 30 year bands. Sure. Um, I think there's always somebody in that band that is uh, sober and living a sober lifestyle. And yeah. it allows for uh, the younger bands to see that. And if they're needing to uh, maybe seek support, there's usually that support system in that. Right. And from what I what I kind of. uh can dissect from it all from kind of being in the middle of that where it's like i used to party super hard i've had to reel it in i've been sober i've been california sober i've gone through all of that and yeah. uh there's usually the partiers and the people that are taking it easy and there is a respect there and it is developed it is evolving i've seen it evolve and i think that people taking care of themselves is becoming a little bit more cool and accepted i think when we first started it, it like maybe i'm wrong because i was in a haze but it felt like you know <laughs> it, it, it kind of felt like it, there was it was super you know sex drugs and rock and roll were alive and well well and, you know you're yeah. yeah you're talking early 2000s i mean yeah. i remember being in, in in the heyday of my touring we were always the odd men out i mean we, you know i've been sober a long time we were always the ones that you know didn't partake and people thought we were weird. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember being in a limousine. Hey, I thought you guys were slaves on dope. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. And then, you know, and, and it's the, and it's funny how you say they're very, you know, there's, there's bands that would have a little bit of, a little bit of both in them. There's some bands that were, there, there was nobody that was reeling anybody in internally. It would be mostly management or it would be booking agents or it would be somebody else who would be reeling them in. But one of the bands I was always impressed with, and they're somewhat of a, of a, of a heritage band at this point because they have been around a while, was Hatebreed. I always felt that Hatebreed were really good at walking that line of being super, super entrenched in the hardcore scene, but at the same time 
taking care of their business. And I don't know if that's uh, due to Jamie be having great, such good business sense and, you know, have a good head on his shoulders, but that was a band that was always able to walk that line that they could, they could do what they needed to do, have fun, but they were always showing up to what they needed to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think also, you know, in the early two thousands too, and also for us, when we really got involved in the industry, I mean, the balloon kind of popped money wise. Oh yeah. You know, so it 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 for us we really got in when like we we never got huge money or big giant contracts you know there was million dollar multi-million dollar contracts literally all the way up to like 2002 three yep. then four like it really hit and yeah. we didn't we didn't get our first contract till 2007 so we were we were long past money and i think when you're not making major money it's easier to kind of reel it in. Right. You know, yeah, like, if you have, you have to be passionate about it. You have to be like, okay, this is what I want to be doing. And, you know, I'm not out here just to abuse myself and live this fantasy life of, of, of rock and roll that it is slowly going away. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. feels like it is. I could be wrong. There's always going to be people that, you know, dr drugs are a powerful drug, you know, people yeah. get into them. So, for sure. but uh, I, I've definitely been, you know, I've noticed so much changing and meeting young people that it's like, wow, when I was your age, I was far beyond, you know, blown <laughs> out, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> and, no, no and, definitely, and, definitely. And it's respect. It's, I respect it. It's super cool. It's good to see people are, are, are health aware now, you know, I am too. So speaking of drugs, sorry, <laughs> speaking of drugs, I was uh, watching a bunch of your music videos today, which are all excellent, yeah. by the way, anybody out there, you want to see some good music videos check out theirs um <laughs> altar of self has one of the funniest intros i've ever seen it's kind of like a throwback to those like poison videos where there's a little bit of a skit between it before it and uh you know you throw in some uh hammy acting but, like really it's as soon as you pull out the bag and you're like i got these <laughs> it's so funny guys we've been looking for this damn venue for forever you know, it's a real fucking problem. Problem? Well, my friend, the Mushroom King of Alameda, said if I have any problems, I should take these. My brother in Pacifica gave me these. Wow, that's sick. My friend in Corona gave me these. Wow, because my homie in Anaheim gave me these. Holy shit. My friend, the General in Denver, gave me these could you tell me a little bit about uh you know th that that video and the nature of that video and the acting you all did before it because i was dying laughing and i'm not sure how the hell any of you guys got through that without uh, ruining any takes oh well that was the that was the third take and originally we were trying to get it to be a seamless uh thing where there was no cuts but uh it, it didn't really work out uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that video i mean that song is about uh, it's an exaggerated uh, assessment of the uh, psychedelic kind of movement that's going on where people are taking some sort of psychedelic and in my eyes, kind of inflating their ego instead of what they are looking for, which is they're mm -hmm. trying to lose their ego, which also I think is a, a completely ass backwards way of approaching anything like I don't want to get too spiritual or weird, but it's like you need to you need to be such you need to be best friends with your ego. You don't yeah. want to kill your ego. You know, that is who you are. And you need to have this. You need to have a relationship with yourself and not be trying to run away from it, yeah. which kind of feels more like what 
I don't know if anyone, you know, is watches this new era movement and the way like people that are drinking ayahuasca and doing all this shit. I feel like they're they're a lot of them are um, they're greedy with their spirituality and they yeah. want to they want to like build themselves up to be godlike. Right. So that song is an exact is kind of an exaggeration of someone that has done so much psychedelics that they have now worship they worship themselves as a god. Yeah, they become and, uh, somewhat of a guru of the yeah, own guru. Yeah, totally. And uh, so yeah, the music video is like you know all right, this the lyrics are kind of hammy and kind of cheesy, and we wanted to make a kind of hammy and kind of cheesy video showing that. And yeah, so I mean, why not say I'm lost? Well, this guy told me to take this to find myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, you know it's what's great about your band, and, and Ryan alluded to it with uh, you know talking about the videos. There are some bands that are able to laugh at themselves, even though the music is very serious and it sounds serious, but I I've always liked bands that can walk that line where they're able to like a band like Mastodon, you know, their music is very serious, very straight ahead. Um, a lot of meat and potatoes, but you watch their videos and they're usually goofy as hell because they don't want to take themselves too seriously. And you guys seem to kind of be on that, that same path. Yeah. I think that, you know, for me growing up, I loved the Foo Fighters videos, yeah, you know, learn to best, fly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, those videos were always really good. And even, you know, one of the greatest videos of all time, like tonight, tonight, smashing pumpkins. Like, thank you. That's a super funny video. It's a really, even though it's, it's, it's like artistic and, you know, poetic in a way and, and beautiful, but it's also kind of funny. Yeah. And yeah. And I just feel like our memorable videos, you know, the ones that make a difference are more like that. We've made videos that are, that have the serious, yeah. you know, connotation and, and they're, they're, they're not as memorable. They're kind of used once and destroy. And they also, I feel like maybe match the music uh, almost too much and remove rewatchability. It's kind of like you, mm -hmm. you can, you can hear the song and watch it and it all becomes this one thing. And I almost like to try to think of a video that the video is so good that you have to watch it again to hear the song. And sometimes when videos are taken too seriously, they become funnier than those Foo Fighter videos you were talking about. Oh, big unintentionally. Time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something definitely you want to try to avoid, you know, or I, we want to try to avoid. Yeah. And it's it's also the kind of the ethos of Suicide Silence. It's like, yeah, we're a serious band, but we're kind of like positively negative. Like we want to like be positive. But there is a lot of kind of we, we find the positive in the negative. And if we can make you laugh and if we can have a video that also kind of gets you to know us a little bit better as individuals, then it's like it's a win win. And you're you're, you know, communicating with your your fans or supporters uh, in, a, in an honest way, which is honestly hard to do. Um, tell me a bit about uh, Capable of Violence and what does the NFW stand for? Oh, it just it stands for no fucking way. OK, that's what uh, I thought. I wasn't. Yeah, sure about it. yeah. Um, I, yeah. I really, really like that song. Um, Thanks. Can you tell me a bit about it? Yeah. Um, that song was a good collaboration between us all. Writing that song was super fun. And uh, it's a little bit leaning more in like the old school death metal direction, yeah. but yeah. it still has the kind of cli cliche sounds, I guess, of suicide silence. And as far as, you know, the video, it's, we came up with that video while we were filming the thinking in tongues video. We were on set and we were currently in the studio recording, 
Remember You Must Die and okay. Capable of Violence hadn't technically even fully been written yet, but we were like, we got to make what would be a fun video would just be a video like a kill count video where we're just <laughs> violently murdering people and <laughs> and making it campy, though, you know, thinking right. about a like not like super gnarly, but we we had the idea of like even keeping track of the kills on the side of it and like get all the way up to six, six, six and just like make it insane. And um but when it came down to it, we're like, oh, we should just we should make a video where, you know, a fan is getting made fun of and we just come in and just just murder everyone. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. and 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 everyone's like, well, that sounds like a fucking great idea. <laughs> and yeah, it was just kind of this organic, you know, uh, progression of that. Capable wasn't even a song yet. So the idea existed before Capable. And then once Capable was written, we're like, oh, this song is about literally someone pushing you to the edge of you know what does it take for someone to do to to make you be violent to make someone that isn't violent become violent right and right and and unfortunately that is also you know we're lucky maybe in our first world that we don't have to deal with much of that but you still can uh, it's kind of more from the perspective you know the ukraine situation happened right when those lyrics were starting to be written and it was mildly inspired by that too uh so there's like this serious connotation and how do we make this a little bit more fun? Same sure. thing that so, we were we were just talking about. You know, what's nice is that you guys are able to explore both of those sides and they come off authentic and they 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 there's a marriage that happens that works. And and a lot of bands will strive for that and and it's so contrived that it just you know it's not working, but you guys pull it off. Um I want to also talk to you about Eddie cuz Eddie's um you know, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. And now, you know, we've had had a little over a decade to really sit with him. Um and just, I mean, again, on, on the record, uh, the guy, the guy can do everything. It's crazy. He, he really, really is skilled vocally. Like he can, he can do everything. And from what I'm hearing live wise, he pulls it off too. So what does he do a for inspiration? Where does it, what, where does he pull? I mean, maybe I should, I should in essence be asking him this question, but you can <laughs> probably, you can probably help me shine some light on it, but where does he get his inspiration from vocally? Who are the vocalists that, that inspired him? And, um, is he able to pull this stuff off live or there's, are, are there have, are there some things that have to be compromised? Cause I know, I mean, it's, he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. So Eddie is, he's a technician. He's also a really good teacher. He's, right. he's he knows how he he's, him, him and Mitch, uh, that's how they became friends was, you know, all, a lot of these techniques were still being kind of developed. Yeah, I and, remember and, that time. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not maybe maybe developed isn't the right word. A lot of people were a lot of people were doing this kind of thing. But I think the ability to explain how to do it and right. uh, that was kind of just beginning. And they were teaching each other how to do stuff. And Eddie live, he can do all of it. He totally murders it. And it goes back to why we hired him or asked him to be in the band. We knew that almost, and damn, this is, it's, it's hard to say this without sounding, I don't even know how it would sound, but Eddie is technically, was technically better, I'd say, as a vocalist than Mitch, but Mitch was this punk rock visceral. He yeah. came from this other place. Sure. And we, we just knew, you know, yeah, you're probably not going to be able to recreate this insane uh, organic energy that Mitch had, but yeah. Eddie can sound just as good yeah. and, and recreate it and, and do it really, really well. And we knew it would be a difficult thing to overcome, you know, two completely different people, but yeah, like Eddie can do the Mitch stuff yeah. and sound a lot like Mitch, but right. also 
also Eddie is completely creative and totally knows what the hell he's doing. And as far as, you know, where his inspiration comes from, I feel like still to this day, we never really lost, you know, that Mitch inspiration. We never lost Mitch. Like it's, that's, it's so hard to explain this, but it's like when you've created things with someone, you've got to know them. They were, we collaborated so much. And then that person is gone. All of that energy that he would bring to the table and what his ideas would be, you still can feel like, well, I know that he, you know, Mitch would, would do something like this. Yeah. And we all keep that. And I'm not saying that that's a hundred percent where Eddie's inspiration comes from, but it, it is a big part of it is like kind of holding it down and allowing for suicide sounds to, re to remain, to still kind of have this intact foundation. And, and it's funny because there was a time when, and obviously, I mean, the way you guys lost Mitch was, it, it was tragic. It wasn't a decision. It was, it was, he was taken. Um, but there has been this thing where, you know, I remember growing up, if a singer was changed in a band, it was a big deal. But there oh seems God. to be this thing where people are, are realizing that a band is a band. It, it, it's the sum of all its parts. And there's been examples over the last few years where I've been amazed where bands have been able to continue. Like a band like Alice in Chains, you know, like obviously mm -hmm. Jerry Cantrell is a huge part of that band. The, the, mm -hmm. You know, Jerry is, is the heartbeat of Alice in Chains, but they were able to continue with Willem, write new stuff. And, and he was still able to bring um, a, a vibe, you know, to that older stuff, which is great. And now, more, most recently, you know, everyone's been talking about it. And I'm sure you've probably poked your head in, judging from the era of music that you came up in, uh, seeing the replacement for Burden in Fear Factory. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this kid from Italy, from Rome, uh, I've been watching some of the videos and I'm like, holy shit, like he's doing it. And it's interesting to see where that will go. I mean, obviously, whatever side you're on you know if you're if you're a pro burton or you know it's always these these people that well, i don't know but just purely looking at it as a fear factory fan i wasn't upset hearing this i was like okay this kid's good and um and he can do it and when so and i was i was concerned because again very much like mitch burton had a vibe man burton was one of the first guys to sing and scream like oh yeah he was the guy to bring clean vocals into metal um i, I can't i actually i've mapped it out in my head I've looked for, he was the first guy that I can remember that did it. And totally. he was a huge inspiration, I'm sure, on your generation. Absolutely. So Absolutely. a guy like Bert, like, is on the Mount Rushmore of new metal, like, and the continuation, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. to have someone like him step in, and this kid, Milo, I think his name is. He, Milo, yeah. Yeah, he's killing it. So I watched some videos and I thought it was awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm not on anybody's team on that because I know Burton and I know Dino exactly. and I know that Same. they don't necessarily Same. get along, but Same. I love them both and they're Same. both super awesome. Yeah. And I think it's cool that Burton can be honest and be like, you know what? I'm actually just over it and I don't really, I can't give it what it should, it deserves. And yeah. I, and Dino is, uh, how do I put it? He's he's a preserver of honesty as far as the art goes and doing yeah. things, you know, awesome. And if and if he said, if he says that this guy's the guy, I believe him. I don't act, yeah. I don't doubt it. And then I watch those videos and I'm like, fuck yeah, this is great. Yeah. yeah, like I was, I was, you know, very much 
sitting on pins and needles to hear the first live performances. And I was like, okay, this is coming through town. I'm going to go to this. It's totally. going to be good. So, um, and I, so yeah. I think it's going to be kind of like a, kind of like a situation with us. There's going to be people that will never accept it just because that's the yeah. way that they feel and that they're stubborn. Of course. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's going to be people that are like, are you kidding me? Listen to this. It's very yeah. similar to, to, you know, the Eddie Mitch thing. Cause yeah. I think, you know, Burton had that energy and that organic thing. And this Milo guy seems like he's more of a technician, more yeah. of like, I'm up there and I'm, I can, I can do all of this almost with ease. But you know, mm -hmm. you talk about this stuff being seamless for some bands, then you get a band like Stone Temple Pilots and every time they try, it just doesn't work. It's tough. Yeah. And then, you know, they got this new guy who's less of a marquee guy. He does an okay job, but it's just something not there. So it's yeah. not something that can just be interchangeable. It has to gel. And you guys, I got, I got a, you know, a tip of a hat to Eddie, man. Cause he really does. He carries on the legacy of the band with the Mitch stuff, but the new stuff is, I mean, you know, he's, you're, you guys are 10 years in more with him and he's great. It's the most difficult thing. And I don't envy his situation. You no. know? It's a very, no. very hard situation for him to be in. And, and yeah, we wrestle, we talk about it all the time. You know, there's, 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 we're an honest group of dudes and, you know, sometimes there's doubts and we got to hold each other up and, and do all this together. And dude, so much respect to him for not quitting basically, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like he yeah. could have easily just been like, you know what, this fuck this, they hate me because yeah. it feels like that you pay attention to all the negativity. Like it, you know, I, I see him get into those modes. So it's yeah. yeah. And, but fuck it, man, we're not, we're, we're never going to quit and we love doing this and Eddie loves doing this too. And we're just getting, this is only what the, the fourth album with Eddie. Yeah. third album i don't yeah i don't even know but like you know it, it, there's so much more to 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 develop as far as our chemistry goes and i feel like this one was a really good step in the direction of uh of working on things and and being just super stoked at the end of it you know nice yeah so and i want to ask you um considering you got you guys have been together so long and have been touring for so long uh not only has the touring landscape changed when it comes to uh venue quality accessibility internet all that be able to promote yourself on tour uh i've spent some time in a van in my day and coincidentally it was before i got an iphone or any other ways of amusing myself so i read a lot of books but uh <laughs> what yeah. do you do what do you do in this modern jetsons comparison to flintstone like a uh, day of technology do you do to amuse yourselves when you're in a van or a bus for nine hours a day Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Truth be told, let's see. It depends where you are. You know, if you're in Europe and it's summertime, go outside and go do yeah. go go look at stuff and be a tourist and have a good time. Try to do it in the winter, but it's cold and miserable. And I'm from California and I need sun. And mm -hmm. if I'm on tour in fall and winter in Europe, I'm probably sleeping a lot and trying to stay warm and the show is all that matters. And I might not be as you know social as normal. Uh, if I'm in the U.S. and uh, and just out and about, usually I try to hang out with people on tour and go meet who's who's there, find out who's you know the people you kind of want to align with, so to say, who's going to be the you know who wants to go get lunch, you know, group, uh, and really, and it's kind of at this point trying to be present on tour and not be wanting to be home or be somewhere else. It's like, this is a, this tour is only going to happen once. These people are only going to be here together for this short amount of time. And how do we make it the best that we possibly can entertain each other uh, and just hang out. But honestly, yeah, there's a lot of doom scrolling, a lot of hurry up and wait and sit on your phone and, you know, just chill out. It's kind of unavoidable on, uh, on in a touring situation. It's, and yeah, you got this 
this entertainment 24 7 i watch a ton of movies and read a ton of different things and listen to podcasts like uh last tour uh i was keeping up with house of the dragon you know mm. I, and i'd be like waiting and it would make yeah. it made the tour go by so quick too because sure. i was like i was like holy shit it's already been a week like i could watch another one you know sunday night yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> But also, uh, we when we first started touring, there wasn't really an iPhone, and we were, had our sidekicks and stuff, and that was that was that. But I used to read too, you know. I used to bring books all the time. I would bring a couple of books. I remember I brought I brought Sid Hartha on my first tour I ever went on. <laughs> You're <laughs> never... so intellectual. I love it. <laughs> I, I just did Ryan Downey's podcast, the the one about spirituality. It's called yeah. uh, No Prize from God. And I had forgot that I did that. He, we, it got brought up or some, somehow it got brought up. I'm like, I just remembered. Yeah. The first book I brought on tour was Sid Hartha. <laughs> That's amazing. It's uh, it's fun when you think, um, you know, being someone like you, who's been on the road for a while, you've been touring for, you know, better part of almost two decades, you know, yeah, close coming to up on 20 years. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. um, the changes you see, like, I remember, I remember first going, I mean, first going on the road in the early nineties, like 92, 93, when, you know, you just, I mean, everything was different, but oh, I, I remember I just the enjoyment of having the first portable DVD player. I remember like Sony made this nine inch DVD player. And I remember I bought one and it was ridiculously expensive, but I could watch movies on this thing. And it, and it was so fun. Cause I am like, you know, Ryan and I are both big movie fans, big fans of pop culture. So, um, it's fun when you can pass the time and, 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 you f I find the more bands that we talk to, the more musicians we talk to that do spend a lot of time on the road, they find a nice balance of that downtime where it, you know, we are in a newer world where not everybody is uh, obliterating themselves or up to debauchery. Like they just want to catch up on, you know, like I can't wait to get off the stage. Like I've talked to so many bands and said, man, I couldn't wait to just get off stage, shower, towel off, get in my bunk and watch the new episode of house of the dragon or watch the new episode of the last of us or watch the new episode of succession. So I oh. get that it's, it's life goes on, you know, and, and, oh, yeah. and it, it's nice to see that you're able to find that time when you're, when we, you're away. We, we say, I got it from John Berklin from bad wolves where uh, your yeah. sweatpants are your quitters. And it's like, sometimes it's like before, <laughs> even before the show, it's like, dude, I'm ready to get my quitters on. And I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've been living in sweatpants for the last three years and my wife's I'm in not right happy now. about it. <laughs> <laughs> um before we let you go uh you know new records coming out march 10th what are the touring plans for suicide silence and i imagine uh, there's some there's some big ones yeah uh april we're on tour all of april with dying fetus uh and born of osiris and aborted and a bunch of other oh. bands on chaos and carnage yeah uh and that is the immediate that's basically the album release tour and then we've announced the festivals, the DWP festivals that we're doing uh, in the summer. And we're penciling in uh, shows around that, too. So we'll basically be in the U.S. from, you know, April uh, and then all through the summer. And then everything is kind of penciled right now. You know, we're we're trying to we're trying to solidify what we're going to be doing in the fall and the winter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we are going to hit it super hard, but we're also trying to be smart with what we're saying yes to at this point in time. So. Uh, we're maybe not going to be touring 300 shows in a year like maybe we have in the past, trying to just be a little bit more uh, intelligent or try not to burn ourselves out. You know, we, sure. we have been doing this for quite a while and we know that that's possible for us. So uh, if we're coming to a place near you, the intention is that we want we want to want to be there, to be there. and yeah, want yeah. to throw down and, and not be feeling like we need to. So uh, 
but we love to play live. We're a live band. So yeah. we want to preserve that. We want to keep the, the, that, that energy there. So we'll be, but unfortunately I don't think we're going to Montreal on the chaos and carnage tour. And I'm sure you've got great stories of Montreal audiences because Montreal loves you. Oh my God. Montreal's the best yeah. Montreal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really, really is. And it's always such a, it's it's not an unexpected surprise it's just always surprising how much better it is every time we're there it's just like how yeah. does it get better every time yeah. we're here montreal quebec in general love their metal so yeah. um when you get a good metal band that that comes through and services the market uh once they latch onto you and they make you theirs that's it you're 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 in with montreal and quebec crowds forever and especially with metal it's i i've seen it um once they're fans they're fans for life so um, you got to make sure you get, you got to get here. They're <laughs> the best. Album. They're the best. They're the best. And then, and then, and then we go to Foof's. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There you go. You know. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, thanks for taking the time. The new album comes out March 10th. It's called Remember You Must Die. Uh, don't die. Stay healthy. And, uh, yep. and we hope to see you soon, man. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks. Nice meeting you guys. And yeah, thanks for having me on. I authentically laughed out loud like i don't use lol because i feel like i'm too old to do that which is ironic because in our music video we didn't discuss um <laughs> they they they're aging rapidly yeah. by the by the time they finish and it it was amusing to me to just do this deep dive into their videography because uh they always have something interesting to say a little something funny to say a little bit self-deprecating and it's um you know after this interview of mark got a real sense that uh there's a reason why these guys have been around for so long and uh you know are so well regarded yeah no and it, it and it's just a you know it, it further an attestation to you know the, the this band that wants to continue playing and they're one of those bands that no matter what even after losing you know, lead singer, they've lost some other members during the years, uh, but they they keep moving. The, the nucleus is there. The new guy, who is not the new guy anymore, uh, is phenomenal, as we talked about. And um, I think people should definitely check out the new record. I like Suicide Silence. I always have. Um, I think they're smart songwriters. I think they're able to bring the best of so many genres together. And, and I love the fact when someone can admit to being influenced by new metal and not shy away from it, which a lot of people want to. Um, it was a great genre of music. And, and you see the screamo bands that came after new metal and bands like Suicide Silence that were probably born of, you know, out of fans of all that genre come together and put their influences together and make what, you know, the sounds they make definitely, uh, definitely worth checking out. If you have not checked this band out yet. And a lot of you that are watching this are probably suicide silence fans. There's a reason why so many people like this band. They're great guys. Uh, so check out the new album. Remember you must die available March 10th, absolutely everywhere. And, um, I think people are going to love this record, man. You know, this band continues to forge new territory, but keep a nucleus going and uh, it will be available on Century Media Records March 10th. So thank you to uh, everyone involved with helping us get Mark on the podcast. And we got to remind people, Ryan, if you like what you're listening to and what you're watching, please like, subscribe. Um, we want to try to get the subscribers up on this channel because we want more and more people to be alerted when a new episode drops. And sometimes we'll randomly drop stuff up here. If you and I decide to get on here and talk about a movie like we did with Ant-Man, or if we tied, you know, we want to talk about cocaine bear, whatever, we'll come on here and we'll just drop stuff up. So outside of the normal times where we drop episodes, you might miss content. So please like and subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast and make sure um, you leave a comment below if you're enjoying what you're hearing, or if you're not, we're very open to constructive criticism. Thank you to my co-host. I'm not. 
<laughs> shatter easily, Jason. Ah, toughen up. Uh, big <laughs> shout out to my co-host, Ryan Stick. Uh, thanks to our producer, Julia Kajerski. And again, Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rockman Power Hour. Check them out at heartbeathotsauce.com and use our promo code ROCKMAN20 and you will get 20% off your entire order. And thanks to our friends at Studio House Designs and can't forget AKG for outfitting us with some great microphones and headphones to help ourselves look sound. I don't know about look better, sound better and hear ourselves better. I've never heard you so clearly, Ryan. It's like ASMR when you talk. I know. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week at the Rock of Power Hour.